What's happening, troops? Welcome back to the episode number seven of A Little House in a Prairie podcast. Uh, after a two-week break here, due to me catching COVID, we're finally back, and I am absolutely delighted to be back in the seat and speaking to this wonderful guest today. We have a very, very accomplished DJ producer, born in Toronto, Ontario, now living in Ottawa, all the way from the eastern side of Canada. We have Amber Long. How are you, Amber? Good, good. How are you? Thank you for having me. I'm great. It's a pleasure to have you. This has been a, a long time coming now. I think it's been quite a few weeks we've been planning this and then obviously had to put it on hold for a couple of weeks here. But um, now I'm happy to finally get to sit down and speak to you. I'm sure it's going to be a great episode. Very excited. And you have been way more busy than me finishing school, getting over COVID, you know, all that stuff. I'm just... <laughs> it's been a crazy couple of weeks. I'm not going to lie to you, but yeah. we're here. We're living. We move. So, I mean, I, I can't really complain. Uh, <laughs> life's good. Finally, over all the COVID stuff, finally get a little bit of a break and can focus on doing this and uh, making the podcast as best best as I possibly can. Um, I think over the last few weeks, it's it's been starting to get there, but I, I want to take it to another level now. So this is the opportunity for that. Excellent. So we're just going to dive right in here. Um, I'm going to let you introduce yourself a little bit to the people and uh, explain how you got started in dance music and DJing and uh, kind of what the, the beginning of your journey looked like uh, starting out in Toronto. Sure. sure. Um, I... I actually started out doing spoken word. So spoken word live performances, just because I had been writing, like I've been writing poetry my whole life. And it was just a little bit outside of Toronto in a place called Kitchener Waterloo. Um, so somebody just said, hey, come to this open mic night. I was like, all right. So I went to the open mic night and I did some of my poems. It was spoken word, you know. And then I did it again the next month and I did it the next month. And then I started dappling in recording tools and just started making music and started singing and it just kind of evolved. And I was doing a lot of indie stuff, you know, for the longest time, like indie band stuff. Um, <clears throat> but then I like my heart's always been in electronic music for so many years, like original OG raver from the 90s right here. So it's like when I realized all the electronic elements that I was putting into my indie music could be put into dance tunes, it was more learning a new language of how to make those tunes, like from making three-minute songs to seven-minute tracks, you know, and yeah. stuff like that. So I guess I started DJing in, like, 2011. Um <clears throat> And yeah, it's just been a wild ride. I just, if an opportunity comes up, I typically say yes. You know, sometimes I say no, but just to try new things along the way. And it's just opened up a lot of opportunities to sing for a lot of really cool people, to make cool tunes, to collaborate, to travel and play all over. Um, it was never this is not something that I ever dreamt. Like all the things that I've experienced was not something that I thought would happen when I was saying poems uh, on an open mic night. 
but I really have been embracing it and loving it. And um, it's pretty much, you know, become my life. And I guess you kind of got to go where the spirit leads you or where your gut tells you to go or where life has plans for you. So I would have never dreamt this was life's plan, but here we are. Yeah, that's a great mentality to have is just take things as they come and uh, being open to ideas and opportunities. And you've certainly had your fair share of experiences. I mean, you've traveled all over the world playing music for people. Yeah. Um, I know when you were kind of coming up in Toronto and things, uh, like you said, back in the 90s, it was a little bit different. And then uh, you've played music for people in South America uh, and Europe. I saw even Hawaii, uh, some oh, crazy, right. some crazy places, and uh, you've just went from strength to strength. And now, obviously, you're back in Canada. You're in Ottawa, correct? Yeah, yeah. Yep, I'm back. staying in Ottawa. I'm set up here for a little bit to kind of ride out the pandemic. Toronto is pretty crazy, so a lot more nature around here, which was very essential. Yeah, and uh, it's it's uh, it's nice to see that everything's come full circle and you're back in Canada and again, once again, involved in the Canadian scene. I mean, uh, we see a lot of Canadian artists that go abroad and uh, play those amazing shows over in Europe. Uh, and it's cool to see some people come back and uh, getting back into what's building here because, like I've said in the podcast before, uh, in terms of taking into account the rest of the world, Canada still fairly new and growing in terms of dance music. And it's it's not caught on quite as much as some places, for example, Germany, the Netherlands, even you're seeing uh, Eastern Europe now starting to really take off. And of course, London. Um, I just wanted to speak to you a little bit about that as well, because when you were over there, you yeah. played some amazing venues, you played some crazy cities. I mean, even I saw that you played Ministry of Sound in London. And that was the first international gig ever. Yeah. That, that's a crazy one for me because obviously growing up in the UK, that's a real famous club and was yeah. kind of one of the one of the pillars of the foundations over there when everything was building and dance music was really moving from uh, like Detroit, Chicago over to the UK you're seeing yeah. an influx of uh, artists coming over there and playing this kind of music. And that was the staple. That was the place to be where everyone wanted to be. And uh, obviously they were putting out a lot of music on the record label and you were hearing it all over the radio. So for to be able to play a club like that with the iconic sound system that's in there, what was that like going from Canada and jumping straight into a place like that? It's so crazy. I didn't even think about it that way. Because I had never even, uh, I'd never even flown overseas. So by the time we got to London, we just spent two days in Amsterdam. So that was a good time. Your first two days ever in Amsterdam, ever in the history of ever. Okay, we were having a great time. Um, and then we went to London and I guess it didn't process the magnitude of everything simply because we were there, we were meeting friends, it was excitement. And I'd done it, I'd done it so many times, like the whole meet, greet, hello, this and that, that while it was all going on, I kind of forgot where I was 
you know, but when we got our VIP bracelets and we were VIP ministry of sound and we were able to walk through all the rooms and like we were in a side room with some playing with some people that we knew where Hernan Cataneo and Guy J were doing back to back in the main room. Um, and that was my first time ever seeing Hernan and Guy J. So that I only understood understood how big of a deal everything was when the night was over and my mind was blown because not only had we like met all these people that we were just getting to know online, you know, we also were part of the box. We were also part of Hernan's massive vibe for the first time ever. And yeah, it was, it was incredible. The rush was incredible. And only did I realize how fantastic it was after it was all said and done and we were walking across and you could see the London eye all lit up and you were walking across this bridge with all these lights and stuff. And then, then it was like, that just happens. Everything sinks in, you take the breath and it's like yeah. the, the holy shit moment where it's like, this is real and yeah. what I've just done is, is going to be something that I'm never ever going to forget. And yeah. I mean, I think as well as an artist, that was the, one of the best places you could possibly have had that experience as well. Because at that time, like I said, like dance music was really taken off in the UK and London in particular was, uh, was just the hub of everybody, everyone who was anyone was there and playing music there and uh for me i might be a little bit biased coming from out that way but for me the the british crowds there's nothing that compares to that like the people are people are crazy it's just you never know what you're going to see what you're going to get and people just bring the energy and they're hilarious good humor good sense everybody's having a good time catch them in a vibe with the music and everything. And that it's like a wave reaction where everybody has no fear of expression. And it's, it's like it playing in London. The, I've played in London twice. And I think it was the closest vibe to like warehouse vibes from the nineties in both places that, that I got to play. So ministry, and then the other one was um, Cell 300, but it's in, is it Egg? Egg London? Okay. Yeah, they I know where you are. basement called Cell 300. I yeah, yeah. I know where you are. Yeah, that's, London is uh, one of the ones, even to this day, they're still keeping, keeping to the roots and that warehouse scene is still alive. You're still getting a lot of illegal raves over there that people put on, uh, I guess, across all of England, not so much just London, but you're seeing uh, some of their iconic clubs right now that are standing out. I mean, Fabric have, have done an amazing job and that's that's another place that's very, uh, very warehousey and obviously the big one with Printworks where it's essentially just a massive high ceilings, long... Yeah. It's just a warehouse in London and that that uh, venue over the last couple of years has really like become a location that people want to play because of those vibes it reminds them of the 90s when everything was still kind of hush hush and you need to know and it, it gives you that feeling but at the same time 
it's a modern take on it where everything is safe and everything is uh, kind of more regulated and it's it's improving and it's becoming more accepted, especially uh, by the government. And you're even seeing that as well over the last weekend here. Their uh, lockdown regulations have been lifted and they had the event, uh, the circus event in Liverpool. I think uh, Yusuf put that on with his, his circus label and everyone who's anyone in the UK was playing at that and uh, it looked phenomenal so hopefully this is the end and we can start putting more and more events like that on yeah and no, even... it looked amazing it looked amazing and it, it actually it was the first kind of big legal show that could be documented since the pandemic happened where in in like wow, we didn't think that would happen, you know? So, and then they're monitoring everybody now just to make sure nobody gets sick and that everything's okay. And I, you know, this is, this might be the new way. And if this is the new way, like, let's get those at-home tests going. <laughs> yeah, I've, hopefully this is it. Hopefully this is us now in the clear and everything goes well. And yeah, like you said, as soon as the, as soon as it's proven that this works, get floodgates open, get make things happen. It's it's been too long that things like this have been taken away from people, and I think it's a big a big weight off a lot of people's shoulders, especially in the industry, because when this whole thing hit, it affected a lot more than just the people who were going to these events and the people who were putting these events on. Like the artists were getting hit by it, the venues themselves were getting hit by it, even. Uh, I saw at the start of a, a sub club, which is an iconic uh, staple in Glasgow and was the first club, like proper dance club that I actually went to, place that I hold dear to my heart. They were even having to do like crowdfunding and things like that to keep that, just to even keep themselves running because, uh, and this is a club that's been around since the nineties. It's been around for a long time. And to see something like that struggling and coming out and being open about it, it was worrying for a long time there that people were questioning what is going to survive this pandemic. So I think the sooner that we can prove that these things work, we can take the right precautions, we can regulate this and uh, hopefully have successful events, um, get the doors open and get the lights on, right? Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Yeah, and I think uh, yourself, even based off of that London uh, the whole going to London playing in Ministry of Sound, was that what it was that kind of really sunk the hook in and was like, okay, this is what I want to do and I want more of this. And it was after that, it was like uh, you just kind of wanted to see more of Europe and see what the whole kind of thing was about outside Canada. Because obviously you were playing uh, here before, but yeah. that first time abroad kind of yeah. gave you a little bit of the bug that there is more out there and I want to go and see it. Um, it it's a little bit different. I had to wait because I am a mom. So by the time I had to wait a little bit before I could go overseas or leave my kids for any extended period of time. Um, so that time that we went to London in 2013, they were 13 and 15. So it was, it was time that I could actually like leave them. And it was the longest I ever left them um, with their dad, uh, it was three weeks and, uh, my partner, Robert and I, we went to 
Amsterdam. Then we went to London. We went to Greece, like Athens, like a little island close to Athens, um, Switzerland, and then back to Amsterdam. So we literally, that was our big European adventure. You know, the first time somebody goes to Europe and it was pretty amazing. Um, you know, like, I guess it did. It, it did open up my eyes to the possibility that if I chose to pursue what I was doing, that there might be more free plane tickets involved. Yeah, <laughs> that's always a, that's always a good thing as well. Getting to see the world, I think that's yeah. <laughs> on most people's bucket lists. And the plane tickets generally the problem, the reason why they don't get to do that. So I mean, yeah, uh, yeah I mean what you've done over your career is, is phenomenal and obviously that's led on to you traveling the world and even places like Mexico they've really they've really built a foundation down there as well that every year they're putting on fantastic events and yourself has even played in uh, for example Tulum and uh, Cancun places like that and again that's an that's a whole other dimension of dance music around the world. I mean, North America is one thing. Europe is a whole other ball game and it's so diverse out there. And then South America obviously has that Latin influence and yeah. the whole beach vibes and the, the weather's lovely and it's blue yeah. waters and the, the locations are, are so, so well put together because yeah. you're seeing raves on the beach. You're seeing... In the uh, jungle. In, in the jungle. Yeah, in its and, purest sense, just oh, connecting the, yeah. It takes everything back to its roots as well, where it's uh, the feeling of just freedom and freedom of expression and being at one with nature and just letting go of everything else crazy that's going on in life and just enjoying the music and having a good time, right? And uh, so what was it like? Uh, how did that come about? going down to playing in South America and Mexico and places like that? Um, well, me okay. First it started like Argentina, you know, I do a lot of progressive, I do a lot of vocals for progressive house. So, and then Hernan is from Argentina and anybody who's working with progressive house music knows like there's no vibe other than Argentina as far as just like blood, sweat and tears over progressive house. Like there's so much love for it there. So um, 2016, uh, I spent January there. So like a whole month of January doing things. And um, I was still wasn't really like, not a lot of people really knew who I was, I don't think, or whatever, but still played a lot of amazing gigs and whatnot. Um, and then the following November, I was invited to go to Playa del Carmen to play my first gig in Mexico. And when that was done, I'd gone on my own for that one. I went home. I told my partner, Robert, I said, that's it. We're going to Mexico to spend the winter from here on in. So from 2017, 2018, 2019, we had to miss 2020. Um, but for four years in a row, we spent like January, February, March uh, in Mexico. So 
now like I have a booking agent there every time I'm there it's it's like going home it's a second home it really it really is our friends are there my all my good habits are there you know like really taking care of yourself just like you said the ocean breeze yoga uh swimming sun you know not like a glamorous lifestyle but it it just is by proxy you know because that's how nature is naturally it's not like you're going to spend we're not staying in resorts or anything when we stay for three months we're we rent an apartment and we set it up and you know the gigs offset anything for us to have to stay there like you know I get there's sometimes if it's interior of Mexico like Mexico City or um I did something in a place called Yacamulco okay okay, Veracruz in a different part and my booking agent uh is really phenomenal in mexico and he i've had quite a few free plane tickets and everything taken care of in mexico from um from from my booking agent and just just from the connections and i love that culture i love those people I can connect with them so much. I have never been judged ever in Mexico. There's been generators that have blown in the middle of the jungle and things go out. And I just really embrace how passionate it, it, how, how real and passionate and grounding it is to play in nature outside on a roof beside palm trees, something with the wind blowing in your hair, all of that stuff that I just don't have, even even in a lot of places in Europe. Like there's there's something really special about going south. Yeah, um, it's 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 a special scene that they've built down there, and exactly like you said, just even though you're not necessarily on vacation and living in resorts, and it's yeah. it's it's normal life, but it's just that waking up every day and like you said, having the beach there and the warm weather and just the the vibes and the the culture that's there it it has a positive impact on your mentality as well and it 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 makes it makes things a lot easier in terms of you're actually happy with what you're doing I think a lot of the time I have a lot of experience with this growing up in Scotland and then obviously moving to Saskatchewan here when you've got a lot of uh, rain snow cold weather dark nights Things it can get tiring. It can get uh, hard on your men, like on your mental, and having the sun and the culture there is just a new breath of fresh air. It, it helps keep you motivated. Helps you want to keep working at what you're doing, and and again being able to showcase that on these stages in the jungle and nature, on the beach, on rooftops, things like that is just a whole other experience that gives you even more energy to keep pushing and keep doing more of that. And um, I think a lot of people in South America, Mexico, they're very famously passionate about everything they do. And that translates over to their music. And it's something that um, it's something that really works to their advantage that they actually care so much. And I think when you go down there as well, like you were saying, it's, you find a family and you find a way of life and 
the people yeah. contribute so much to that and they're always looking out for you because they really do take you in and they, they genuinely care about the artists that they're bringing in, the production that they're putting on. And uh, it means a lot to them for them to showcase what they can do as well as tying everything down to their heritage, to their roots and uh, music as a whole down there. I mean, Latin music is one of the, the most influential uh, genres of music in terms of the foundations um yeah like everybody knows it makes you music. Do. <laughs> yeah, they, it's impossible not to dance like it just <laughs> everything is everything is so iconic there and they've done a great job of building off of that and obviously like you said you you really enjoy being down there and yeah you must to be down there for four years uh, in a row and it was just unfortunate that you couldn't continue that in 2020 but um so I'm assuming you've got plans to go back there once things open up. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, and even, even if it wasn't necessarily necessarily to play in the same capacity, I'm actually, I love it so much that I'm literally thinking that I just need to go and check in on people and go hang out with our friends and um, be in a familiar environment that, like I've come to love so much. Uh, I, yeah, I miss it. I miss it a lot. It was, it's kind of funny because 2013, I had to leave my kids, you know, to go start traveling and touring and stuff. But in 2020, so it was 2020. Yeah. So right before the pandemic, cause we kind of got stranded on our way to Argentina um, in the middle of the pandemic, but now my kids have started coming on tour with me. So they came on a European tour with me in May, 2019. And then they came to Mexico for a week. And my daughter and I got to play a back-to-back set in Playa del Carmen, two of them actually. Um, so yeah, it's been, it's been fun. I can't wait to get back and I miss it like, uh, I miss it a lot because we can't even fly there even if we wanted right now just because of the ban, you know? Yeah, well, I guess right. it's over. Is it over? It's um, I'm not May? too sure. Hopefully it is because this, the first chance I get, I am out of here. I mean, I, I love being in Canada, but I need a break. I actually had, at the beginning of the pandemic, me and my girlfriend had booked to go to uh, Cancun. We are going to go to Cancun for the week. She's... She's never been anywhere really on vacation. I, I mean, she's from Lithuania, grew yeah. up in or lived in Ireland for a while and then moved here, but she's never been Mexico, Spain, any of those places like on a vacation. Yeah. And Mexico is the one place she's always wanted to go. So we had that planned. And about two weeks before we were set to fly, they said, yeah, no flights. Nobody can go anywhere. We're locking everything down. So... Oh. As soon as things open up, I think that's going to be the first place that we're headed. And yeah. yeah, yeah, and that's so cool that you got the opportunity to play back to back with your daughter, and uh, you you got to bring your family on tour with you down there, and oh yeah, uh, have everyone together in one place. Because I mean, especially in your early career, that must have been one of the the harder things to do is to go off and leave your kids, and obviously it's it's hard to. Uh, especially when they're younger it's hard to bring them with you right yeah yeah uh, you're seeing it it's you're seeing it more often now obviously now your kids yeah. are a little bit older it's easier for you to do it but it's cool that you're seeing these people uh 
who are very influential in dance music, who family is everything to yeah. everyone really. Like the dance music culture as a whole is like one big family. So they're getting to bring their kids. I mean, I even seen uh, when I was over in Awakenings, uh, Adam Bear and Ida Engberg had their kids there and they were up on the stage and dancing around and it was uh, pretty cool to see that and even Nastia as well had her daughter with yes. her at, uh, I think, it, where was it that I saw her? She had her at uh, Columbia and maybe, um, where was it? On the first week. Oh, she had her in Black Rock City with her when yeah. we done the whole... Uh, in the desert and being out there for a week for Burning Man, she had her there with her and that was really cool to see because that's an experience that I've been dying to do for yeah. years now. And for a kid so young to go and experience something like that must be amazing, uh, especially uh, growing up and learning. I mean, you learn a lot in school, but you learn more about the experiences you have, right? Yeah, that's true. That's true. So... Playing down in uh, South America there, is it more Argentina, Brazil, those places, or are you playing more so in kind of, I guess, North America still with Mexico just because it's so close and it's more like a, a, a hub for you there, living there and being based out there? Um, well, I hadn't, I hadn't been able to get back to the heart of South America, to Argentina. That was planned, like I said, we were... Um, Robert and I were on our way from Mexico in March and got stranded in Panama like overnight and couldn't fly to Argentina the next day. So we were supposed to do another tour there. And that one was opening up into Argentina and uh, possibly Uruguay. I think like Montenegro is in Uruguay, I think. Um, there was talk about places in Colombia and it was just kind of like... We really worked hard to put the tour together and stir the pot in this one. Um, and it would have gone further if there was no pandemic. But of course, the pandemic hit. And some I feel like a lot of the momentum that was building really like was deflated. So now it's time to work on the craft again and get the releases up to speed and everything. And now I'm not really pressured like, I don't feel the same pressure to hop on a plane and leave that I did even six months ago because it is all gradually coming back. I want everything to be safe wherever I go play or where somebody would come to see me play. I want to make sure that it's a little bit safer world all around. So the stuff that I have planned coming up right now is primarily like Ontario based even. I don't have even very many plans to do anything out of my province for a few months. Um, I am planning and hoping on getting to ADE and that would be the first time to leave the country since March last year. Um, and for that, my kids are coming to ADE and my partner and we have, a you know, it's another family rave trip. <laughs> Um, but everything else, I think I'm just taking it one day at a time, because as you said, it's, it's actually been really nice to come back to Canada and be Canadian. Yeah. It's been really nice to sleep in my own bed for a year. It's been super nice to 
get into a creative space and actually have the time to be producing again. Um, you know, it's not just the quick fix kind of things that I can do on the side. I'm actually being able to pour myself into the art. Yeah. And I don't know if I start doing all that I used to do, if you'll get the same product for me and I'm really enjoying the process and the art product. So I think I'm going to tone it down a little bit and appreciate the gigs that I do have and where I do go, but also I have never more appreciated the country that I live in than over the past year. So I think a lot of this love and appreciation has to be spent here in this country too. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, I think that's the the one thing that I've heard from multiple people who I've spoken to uh, within uh, dance music as a whole lately is even though everything did get put in, put on hold and it was very unfortunate and a lot of the time, energy, blood, sweat and tears that were poured in to getting these things set up before they fell through was disappointing and kind of unmotivating for people. Now that they've had the time to sit at home and just really think about what's next for them and which direction they want to go, um, they've been actually been really appreciative that it hasn't been so hectic because especially when you're on the road and you're jumping city to city and you've got what's next, what's next, what's next, you don't really get the time to sit down and plan anything. And I think if there's one thing that this past evolution has taught us, it's if we are all so lucky every single DJ that hasn't played in over a year, if any one of us should be so lucky to play to even 10 people, we should consider that a blessing. Because before, if you'd play to 10 people, it'd be like, oh my God, you know, I can't believe it. You know, but now if you are actually allowed to have 10 people in your backyard, it is the greatest thing in the world. <laughs> so, um, for you, as far as different parts in Canada, maybe this pandemic will have changed the minds of artists to think more in quality and not quantity. Um, and maybe, you know, it's encouraged people such as yourself, like, look at you've started this podcast to raise awareness and stuff. But maybe, you know, having more like-minded people like you with a different headspace on you know, like, I, I, I think the people who know that they love what they do and they do it no matter what, it's not going to phase them if there's 10 people or 10,000 people, like they're still going to do it, you know? Um, so I think that maybe a new headspace or a new way of thinking is kind of where we're headed that, with that one, with more people such as yourself wanting to expose Canadian artists instead of always headliners you know, from out of, out of state or out of country or out of country, out of country or out of country. <laughs> no, I know what you, I know what you mean. I know what you're getting there To bring them here to play. Yeah. Uh, I think Canadian promoters are, are having to think outside the box too and not necessarily rely on the international headliners. So we're all developing a greater appreciation um intercontinentally you know within our, our north and south america where we can go possibly versus i don't know yeah no i think uh, proximity. 
I think you, you've hit the nail on the head there. You're absolutely spot on where um, I think for a long time, especially how, how I've saw it is a lot of the people who are putting spotlights on the artists. So you're seeing, uh, obviously, BBC Radio 1 is a big one in the UK. Uh, they have Germany, Holland with ADE, uh, all the festivals they put on in Germany, the Bergheim, things like that. Like the people who are headlining these places, who are uh, playing these big events, are getting there because of the exposure that they have to the public. You hear the songs on the radio. There's uh, there's a culture behind it. There's people willing to uh, give them the chance and show off their music. And I mean, correct me if I'm wrong here. Because I believe probably out east there's more of this, but especially here, there's not a lot of people that are willing to put it out there. Like on the radio, you don't hear any dance music. On yeah, like, yeah, it's it, it's just a different it's just a different culture. You know, you go to Europe or like anywhere in the UK, you're gonna have radio stations that play dance music all the time, whereas here it's only going to be internet radio or like satellite radio that's going to be doing that. Whereas the radio stations are going to be in your traditional, like country, contemporary classics, rock. There's not really community radio, community radio, such as, you know, anything at the colleges and universities, they seem to put on a lot of electronic shows and dance music shows where people are involved, but yeah, I mean, radio. Yeah, no. Like, and I think, uh, especially that's what I'm trying to do here is to promote more of that and to yeah. uh, show people that although there are great artists, like I'm not saying there's not great artists outside of Canada. There are great artists outside of Canada that are great headliners and they're doing their thing. What I'm trying to do is to showcase, hey, although all of that's going on. And before you jump the gun and go and look Europe, go and look uh, America, South America, places like that, there's absolutely phenomenal artists right on your doorstep that you haven't even heard of, maybe because of the exposure, maybe just because you didn't look. But what I'm trying to do here is to promote more of that and give you guys as artists the platforms because you guys are just as good, if not better, than a lot of the, the people that are being brought in here. No, oh, sorry, I'm doing a heart. Oh, <laughs> there we go. <laughs> there. Spot on. Thank you. Thank you for the yeah. support. <laughs> no problem at all. This is listen. I do. I do this just like I said to you earlier. I don't make any money off of doing this. I'm not here to do this because people are paying me X, Y, and Z. Because that's not the case by any means. I'm doing this just purely because I love dance music and I love to see. Uh, like, I just think it's unfair for the people that put in all their time and effort into this craft and to really get good at what they do to then have limited opportunities within their own country. I mean, it's cool that people find success going abroad. Like, that's yeah. fantastic. But they really should be able to have the same success in their in their home countries and have the people that are around about them appreciate them and support them more than anywhere else right i i think it's gonna just like it's a shift throughout the world it's gonna be like a shift for our country and our provinces and like canadian music fingers crossed anyway people like you are helping yeah no i 
I mean, people like me are just trying to, they're just trying to give back to the community that they love so much, right? Like, this is something that I've been involved in since, I've always been around dance music since I was young. And uh, for me, I was looking, like when I first moved to Canada, I was looking at the, the dance music scene here and obviously from doing a lot of digging and uh, I've found some people, especially in Saskatchewan, who have put on events, who have put on festivals, things like that, but there's just not enough of them. And even when they are going on, like someone, I enjoyed dance music when I first moved here. And I think the first two years I was here, although I was underage and probably I had to pull some shenanigans to get in, they had the festivals running. But I didn't ever hear anything about it. There was no big buzz. There was no hard promotion. And I mean, it's only 20 minutes outside the city in Regina that these things were going on. And it was more of a word of mouth thing. And obviously you still want the balance between just the people that are there because they're passionate for the music and uh, try and limit the amount of people that are there just to take selfies and be like, oh, look at this, look where I am. But at the same time, I think the awareness thing, some people almost get too caught up in the, but I really love dance music more than the next person. So if you're not in the know, I mean, you shouldn't be involved kind of thing. I think there's a little bit of that attitude there. So I, for me, I just think uh, people need to be more open and more supportive of uh, their cause and just let let people who, let people learn understand that not everybody's got to be an expert on this, that everyone's yeah. got to start somewhere. And um, even for myself, there's I've experienced a lot of this, reaching out to the artists, to uh, promoters, to people who put on events. Just I'm trying to give everybody a voice in, in the scene here and not just speak to the people who actually make music and who play music, but also the people that are putting these events on, the people who uh, have been doing this for years and years and, maybe don't get as much exposure as they do, but they probably know a lot about the industry. Um, so for me, I think it's just everybody communicating and getting on one page and really starting to push things forward. And that's essentially what I'm trying to do here is just try and be a platform that links everything together where people know they can come here and they have access to hearing your guys' stories as artists, uh, people talking about the promotion side of thing, people talking about different events that's going on, what's going to be next, what's coming up. And this can be a hub for everybody to have access to the information without having to go through the process of searching for it. Cause exactly. as much as, as much as it's uh, needed that you still got to go and find your own information. There's also the aspect of everything these days you can, you have at your fingertips and your phone and you can just, so if people, yeah, if people can't find it within ten minutes, they're just like, uh, I, I give up. I'm not. I'm not going to chase around. Like I don't have the, enough passion. I don't have enough time to just go and dig twenty pages deep in Google to go and find what I'm looking for. Yeah. So, I think uh, what I'm trying to do here is essentially just give that platform for people to come in, people to see what's going on here, and uh, have access to what's happened all across Canada, not just here in the prairies not just out in the bigger cities, but just everything that's going on from big to small. And yeah. we can really build a community where everyone can come together and make some great things happen. Yeah. Yeah. No, it sounds 
Sounds like a good goal, what you're doing, what you're putting together. Thank you, thank you. And I know you had a similar thing as well that you were working on for a, a little bit there and you were doing a little bit of a kind of interview series. It's, I am, it kind of, I'm always doing stuff like that. So I did like a DIY underground podcast sort of thing, which I have to get back on that. But I think it's more like I have no, I have commitment for the stuff that I have to do and that, you know, but for these other things, I do it when the spirit moves me. So I'm very noncommittal. I should probably make a video soon. Um, But I like better being part of interviews than um, just sitting in front of the camera by myself talking. That makes me feel kind of funny. But again, that's part of adopting. And if I have no way of communicating or contacting or connecting with people, um, that has been the way. And I find that once the camera goes on, like we have it here, the conversation is more of a channeling of messages versus just a conversation. Yeah, Um, yeah, it's, it's definitely a strange thing to get used to. Yeah. And it's it's something even I've struggled with. Like like I was saying, I'm not somebody that's one of these people that loves jumping in front of the camera and get I'm not that active on social media. I'm not a big promoting person and which yeah. is probably working against me to a certain degree. But uh just for me this is something that I enjoy doing and again going back to the same thing is whether there's one person watching watching this or whether there's one million people uh, it's it is what it is I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing and yeah. I like sitting down and having the conversation uh, with you guys and getting to pick your brain about the experiences that you have done and uh, especially with someone like yourself who's done so much over the last 10 years or so in your career that it's cool to sit down and just get to know you guys as a person rather than just seeing the, the product and the promotion and I'm playing here and I'm playing there and I'm traveling all over and so tired my, of that. <laughs> I'm so glad that I can actually like be myself a little bit instead of just a walking advertisement for the next gig. Like I kid you not, I'm actually so relieved. I'll be relieved to be able to post gig posters again. But not being a walking ad has actually given me quite the sense of self um, during all of this pandemic versus what I'm supposed to do or supposed to look like or sound like. I actually have been able to reformulate exactly what that is. Yeah, it's uh, it's nice to take that pressure off for a little while as well. And remember that even, even the people that are extremely successful in this business at the end of the day, they're still people... They still have a life. They're just normal people. And even doing this as well, sometimes it, sometimes I feel I feel kind of... Obviously, this is a music-based podcast, but I sometimes feel bad talking to people about music because at the end of the day, it's, although it's the best job in the world, it's still a job to a certain degree. And so, yeah. It's like people... It's the same way as like when I leave my work, I don't want to sit and talk to somebody about my work, right? So you... Although it's a music podcast, it's more about you guys showing uh, showing a lot like your personality, who you are as a person, giving your views without having to really hold back and just sit and kind of talk to me and 
let people get to know the mindset and the person that goes behind all of the music and the, the passion that you put into it because you do put a lot of your time and dedicate a lot of time to uh, doing all these things and at the end of the day music's a business and people want to still make money and be able to survive off of what they're doing but at the end of the day you do this not because the money's there but because you love the music and yeah so it's it's uh, a little bit the podcast format's a little bit more uh, personal in that regards where you can sit down and talk to people and although it is, it is a big dedication to sit down and do it every week as someone in my position I know uh, it's, it's a bit different for me because you've got everything else going on where you've got to still do live streams still make, making music still uh, organising shows and then having this other huge thing on the side is not always ideal but for someone like me who I, I'm just a fan of the music and I'm passionate about it and I don't I don't play shows. Um, I'll DJ a little bit in my be- bedroom DJ. That's about it. But yeah. it's more about like this is DJs. yeah. Well, everyone's <laughs> bedroom DJs right now. But uh, this is yeah. This is more of what, what I'm trying to take up the reins of more of the getting to speak to you guys and taking all the pressure off you, so you can just open up and enjoy it rather than having to feel all the stress of is everything going to work right? Is the cameras rolling? Is or is the sound all right? Is it, you know, all that extra stress that goes on when you're hosting your own, right? Yeah, no, it's, these are the, these are the kind of things right now that are enjoyable. So um, this doesn't necessarily feel like work because you're right, there is no pressure and it's just showing up to have a chat session and, you know, visit and talk about things I love and what I do and you know I bet you every artist that you speak to probably says that where it's like just for your sake just so you know I formulated my day around this interview because I was so excited to talk to you and um just so the audience knows I was so excited to talk to him about this is I literally messaged four hours early saying are we still on for today because I got time zones confused Um, So this has definitely been uh, the cherry on the top of the week where it's it's a lovely sit down conversation uh, without that pressure that you speak of. And I don't have to feel like a salesperson or put on that alter ego of the DJ. You know, it's way more comfortable. I'm so glad to hear that because I've been looking forward to this for weeks now. Obviously, we were scheduled to sit down and do this, what, two weeks ago, three, maybe three weeks ago. And then the whole crazy last two weeks, finals, COVID, everything else hit me. And it was just like, it took all my energy out of me for a little while there. And So sad for you. Having this scheduled, I was so excited for it. And when you messaged me earlier, I was panicking. I was like, oh no, have I got times wrong? I've been excited <laughs> for this all week and... I've made a massive mistake, but it was me. Thankfully, yeah, I don't got... do anything. I, I haven't had anything really go on in the last two weeks, so this is it. <laughs> I've been making my stuff and like living my life and doing art and everything, but this was my event, so I was getting really excited, and it wasn't you at all. It was one hundred percent me being like very eager. <laughs> 
I'm just bad with the time zones, so I've got to take responsibility for it too because I didn't even double-check what the time zones were and clarify that. But we got there in the end. We managed to sit down and do this. And, uh, yeah, here we are. Here it's we been are. absolutely phenomenal sitting down and getting to speak to you and getting to uh, <laughs> pick your brain a little bit about the different crazy things you've managed to do in your career. And, uh, I mean, you can, you can tell why you've been successful and the attitude that you've got and not really not really having anything set in stone and just going with it and enjoying it and having a smile on your face along the way and really uh, just taking it as it comes to you. I mean, it's it's great to see and we definitely need more people involved in music like yourself who has that positive outlook on, on life in general and what it is that you're doing and the passion involved. Uh, I think everybody can see it in this interview, uh, how, how much you enjoy doing this. And although it Thanks is a job, noticing. it's... It's the best job in the world. Yeah, I think, I think I don't think anybody can deny that that you you've really uh, you really enjoy what you're doing. You're passionate about it. You like to. You're very uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Very proud of your your journey so far and the things that you've managed to achieve. And I mean, I admire it a lot because to do something, especially like you were saying way back and. Uh, back in the day when you left for three weeks to go to Europe and really dive in and left your kids and things like that it's a hard thing to do and yeah. it's just amazing to see that it's paid off for you and it's been the right thing and uh, you're, you're, you're delighted you're happy now and oh yeah we're yeah. back in Canada and everything's going well so <laughs> yeah we're and now the kids are raving they're old enough to rave with their mom and you know it's like a family of electronic lover, music lovers and yeah I I don't know we, we spend so much time complaining about all the things that were taken away from us in COVID you know and now it's time to start appreciating all we have and Better per interpersonal relationships. That's probably something that's come out of here. Better relationships with ourselves, better relationships with our creativity. And then the new relationships that have come from just doors opening because other doors are closed. Like, thank you. Thank you for reaching out and sending a message and adding the follow on Instagram and even taking an interest, you know, in Canadian artists because a lot of Canadian artists have been or are underrated in their own country because they're not exotic. But in reality, we are exotic because other countries want us, you yeah. know, and we have to really appreciate how exotic or how special each one of us is or what we add to the Canadian music scene 100% um, because we're, all in the same, all in the same world, representing the same amazing country, you know. Um, so yeah, no, thank you for taking the time and coming on and speaking to me. I've I've enjoyed it so much, and uh, I'm sure it won't be the last time that we get to speak to you. Uh, I'm hoping I'm hoping eventually down the line we're going to be uh, starting to try and put on events here in Regina and across Saskatchewan. I'm hoping to get out east a little bit and. Uh, hopefully get out there and catch one of your shows when you're playing out there and we've got the whole studio set up here so hopefully somewhere down the line when things open up and we're a little bit more mobile we can maybe even get you here and we can sit down in person we can finally meet and talk and uh, catch up with you and all the exciting things that you're going to be doing over the next uh, few months here uh, and yeah if you 
anything else that you wanted to add? I don't know if you want to let people know where they can find you, what things you've got coming up, um, what you're going to be working on and what they can look forward to with you. All we need from you is we need to find a really big field and rent a really big system. And if there's 10 people that come or 100 people that come, there's your party and I'm showing up. <laughs> um, as for where to find me, I, I, whatever social media place you're on, I throw breadcrumbs all over the internet and I'll just leave it at that. I don't know. There's stuff everywhere. So it depends on what I can't stand Facebook. I will put it out there. So literally I pop in, drop something and I run away from that blue striped website. <laughs> I'm a little bit the but, same. Um, I'm not a Facebook fan either. Uh, Instagram, uh, YouTube, things like that is more my forte. Yeah. I but, yeah. really find it's more selective and, you know, I can be a little bit more creative, but SoundCloud is where you find the music or Beatport, definitely. Um, and then, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Send me a message. If anything, anybody wants out there, like send me a message and I'll direct you to the right place. For sure. And I'll have all your links in the description of the video and uh, have everything posted uh, down below so if you're looking for Amber everything will be down in the description you can find her Instagram, SoundCloud on Beatport, all of that good stuff um, yeah thank you very much for coming on and joining us, it's been an absolute pleasure uh, I've really enjoyed this and uh, hopefully we can do it again soon and we can we can catch up to all the amazing things that you've got going on and really push this thing forward and watch the sunrise over the prairies together one day yeah, with our exactly. friends. You know, system and we can go maybe, I don't know if I'm just getting a wee bit Europe on us here, but we can maybe go after Thursday to Sunday session and see how many people are still standing. <laughs> Thank you very much to everyone for tuning in for another episode of A Little House in the Prairies podcast. Uh, we are now available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and on YouTube. So if you haven't caught all of the episodes, they're all on there. Uh, make sure to go and check those out. If you haven't yet, go and check out Amber's Mix. It was posted on our SoundCloud on Friday. And the last thing that we have to do here is announce the winner of our giveaway for this month. So this month's winner is going to be Noah Steadman. So congratulations, Noah. Uh, hit me up on Instagram and we will organise getting those t-shirts out to you. Uh, once again, to everyone who's been supporting us over all these weeks, thank you so much. It means a lot to me. Um, if you haven't yet, go and check out the guys over at Pale Studios. Those guys have been fantastic supporting the giveaways and supporting me in the podcast here. You can find them at Pale Studios on Instagram and at palestudios.ca online.